is Monday night, November 28, 2022. Another brand new Boiler Breakdown podcast coming at you, streaming live on the Boiler Breakdown Facebook page, Twitter account, and YouTube channel. Hit like, hit subscribe, hit follow, hit the notification bell, do all the above if you haven't already. And if you're listening to the podcast on your favorite podcast platform, hit subscribe if you haven't, and please give us a rating and a five or a review and a five star rating. We'd really appreciate it. A lot of pretty podcasts popping up out there helps us uh, stay atop at the rankings like the Purdue men's basketball team that we're going to get into <laughs> talking about here in a little bit. I'm Tanner Lee. Got a full house tonight, Coast Evan Webb and Andrew Eiler. We all had to be here for this one because this is probably the most joyous, enjoyable Boiler Breakdown episode we've ever done. How about those freaking Boilers? What a weekend. My God. <laughs> yeah, uh, I don't know if I can remember uh, a more fun sports weekend that I've had in a while. Um, mm. Let alone, I mean, pretty much my you know, my excitement usually revolves around Purdue regardless. I couldn't really care less about some of the sports teams I follow sometimes, but yeah, it's, it's hard to, I mean, especially when basketball and football overlaps. And obviously we can talk about, you know, postseason things that could happen, but when you've got football and basketball happening at the same time, it could be, you'd have some really great weekends or you'd have some really crappy ones. We've also experienced when they overlap. Well, and, uh, and this weekend was pretty good. Yeah. <clears throat> and usually, Usually when it's the overlap, it's the it's basketball playing insignificant opponents that they're supposed to be beating. Yep. So it's really not really like, oh, they beat Central Michigan by 30 like they're supposed to, or they lost to Northern North Florida. Um, and it just it's really bad. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean, what a historic <laughs> weekend. I can't recall a weekend, at least in the regular season, that Purdue's had better than this one. I mean – the basketball team knocks off the then-ranked number six team in the country Friday night. That's after they beat a tough West Virginia squad on Thursday night. Then turns around and beats the number eight-ranked team at the time, Duke, the New York Yankees of college basketball, if you will. Um, I mean, they're the first team since the 1968 UCLA team to knock off back-to-back top tens opponents by at least 18 points. Uh, and that team, with Luol Cinder, did it in the NCAA tournament, but it was played in Los Angeles. So it was right in their backyard. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, yeah. Purdue not only knocked off two good teams, two teams that have been really relevant the last two decades, but dominate them uh, for the most part. And then on top of that, the football team not only takes care of their rival and wins the Old Oak and Bucket, but clinches the Big Ten West Championship for the first time in, in school history and the first Big Ten Championship of any kind for the football program since 2000. So uh, Outright, even. Thank you. Outright. Thank you, Cornhuskers. Yes. <laughs> yes. Nebraska fans. Yes. It's uh, wasn't the prettiest journey to get there. A little up and down at times. It was a rough but, first half. I was that was uh, that was painful to watch. Yeah, um, like a lot of Purdue's wins. I mean, they they weren't the prettiest. Yeah. They were pretty ugly, but at the end of the day, they got it done. And you know, I looked back and Vegas over under for Purdue this year was seven and a half. Wow. So Purdue was just over that. Um, Helped my bank account. Two more games. They could get to ten. Because <laughs> three and weeks what, ago, first, I did. I didn't think Purdue was getting there. Three weeks ago. So. Well, first back-to-back eight wins regular season since 97-98. Back-to-back big uh, regular season. Regular yeah. season eight wins. Yeah, regular. Yeah, season, yeah. yeah. Well, back-to-back Big Ten re- winning records. I think since the late nineties. Um, Seriously, I, I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure, because um, I know that 0-1 team ended up going like six and six. 
Um, that seems shocking. But I, I guess don't. if they're not winning eight games and non-conference right. only playing three well, games, it, and usually one of those is Notre Dame, and they didn't beat very often. So, And I read a stat today that I couldn't believe. The last two years, Purdue 7-2 and two in Big Ten road games. I saw that. <laughs> that is wild. <laughs> I mean, great. I mean, it helps when we're not playing Ohio State, Michigan, Penn State every year. But still, I mean. Still. Yeah, that's – I mean, we've had our struggles with Wisconsin, you know, Minnesota over the years, and – yeah, I saw that stat. That is crazy. Yes. Yes, it is. Well, let's start talking hoops first, then we'll talk football. Um, I think the football, and rightfully so in some some aspects, the football weekend got overshadowed a little bit for, by what the basketball team did just because it was such a surprise. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if you would have told me before the season that Purdue, as of you know, today we see in the AP they moved up from 24th to 5th. If you would have told me before the before the start of the season that Purdue's going to be ranked in the top 10 at any point in the season, I was I would be like, give me whatever you're on because there's no way. Um, so you mean but, top five in the Big Ten, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, but uh, here we are, and man, this team is uh, this team is fun to watch right now. Uh, yeah, I. I kind of texted you guys after the Duke game yesterday that I was just kind of sitting there speechless. I mean, we were all kind of – I mean, a lot of Purdue fans had the same mindset was, you know, the weekend was already, you know, was, was super fun just with the win over Gonzaga, um, you know, getting the bucket, but you know, keeping the bucket, going to the Big Ten Championships. It was kind of like, you know, the, the Duke game was kind of just house money, you know. Obviously, you wouldn't have a good showing. Um, but, yeah, I can't – it was just – it was such a dominating performance, and I did not expect – that at all. I mean, going into this this tournament, I was just hoping just get the West Virginia win because then you set yourself up to play some good competition because our, our non-conference schedule has been, you know, is not good. doesn't help the fact that Florida State's plummeting towards the center of the earth right now so that really weakens our non-conference. That was probably one of the, probably the best games that we had scheduled so far um, until this weekend. So it really it really helps when you can win that first game of any sort of, like, tournament like that. If you can, if you can stay in the winner's bracket at least once – you're going to play some good competition. And then in that third place game, you'll probably play another good team. So it really, really helped our strength of schedule. Stay <laughs> out of playing. Yeah. Stay out of staying Portland. Yeah. yeah that's Portland. why, that's why I felt when, when Purdue beat West Virginia, you said, Oh, if they beat Gonzaga, it was like house money. I was like, no, if they beat West Virginia, it was kind of house money. <laughs> like, okay. Now you get to play Gonzaga, which you're clearly not going to be favored in. So yeah, whatever, nothing to lose. Mm-hmm. And then, and then after that, okay, Duke or Xavier was like, okay, another good opponent either way. Right. They won or lost, and uh, yeah, unbelievable yeah, how yeah. how thick quickly this team has gelled and has been fun to watch. It, it, you know, going into the tournament, I'm like, if they can go two and one, mm-hmm. sky high. Never in my wildest dreams, I think they'd win the thing and it beat the opponents they beat and in the fashion they did. Um, but like you said, Andrew, it's just been awesome to see this group gel already, and they're just so enjoyable to watch. It doesn't seem like there's a lot of egos on the team. You know, they make the extra pass, even when the extra pass probably isn't needed at times. Um, they hustle. I love the hustle. I love the defense. Seems like the, you know, the tradition that's built, been the backbone of Purdue basketball is back this year. Um, now it'll be interesting going forward. How do these guys handle the? Uh, success you know mm. they went from unranked to 24th to fifth all of a sudden you got a bullseye on your back you're not catching anybody by surprise anymore yeah but, kind of the kind of the darling currently and it's because of how dominant they looked out west but yeah. at the same time you know i've looked back you know last year's purdue team was an older team and one thing about old teams is a lot of times during the years they don't have anywhere to go up 
they're as good as they're going to get. This team's young, so hopefully they're just going to continue to get better as the season goes on. I, what well, I kind of just overall, I don't even think Purdue shot the ball all that well. Mm-mm. Like they were decent, like it was like average, but they had so yeah. many open threes, especially against Duke in that second half that they didn't hit. And like, like, the, first, like, like the first like three yeah. or four were like halfway down. Yeah, and so but Duke did the same thing. Duke oh did, yeah, Duke didn't hit a single one in the second half. I don't think, but they had a no. bunch of open looks that were, and a, and a few of those were in and out also. But it's like mm-hmm. it's not like Purdue shot the lights out, and I think they were like forty-five to fifty percent, like forty-eight percent or something, which is about what they averaged last year. I think mm-hmm. obviously they played down low, so high percentage looks there too. But I don't know. I felt like they even. Didn't, it wasn't like they went like 12 of 16 from three one game right, or something right. like that and blew somebody out. Right. They seemed to hit the big ones when they really needed it. Mm-hmm. Um, Usually it was Braden Smith, too. Or Fletcher. Braden or Fletcher, Fletcher. or Mason yeah. Gillis. Yeah, yeah. Gillis, Gillis was big. Um, nice to really, first hit one. I, think he I thought one everybody game. played pretty well over the three mm-hmm. games. I mean, <clears throat> David Jenkins had a rough game. I think it was against Gonzaga, but he was – he was fine. Then, the other I don't even games. know if I'd call it games. It was just like spurts where he just yeah. had a stretch where he turned it over. and mm-hmm. But then he also had other – I mean, how many – probably at least once once of the three games, he had a shot clock beating pull-up <laughs> jumper, basically, where he wiggled past somebody and hits a tough jumper. We have a um, comment here on Facebook from Ray Hostetler. Uh, true team ball that has brought back the Purdue defense lives here mentality. Truly a fun team to watch on the court. Couldn't agree more there. Yeah, that uh, the play in the Virginia game or West Virginia game where Braden saved that ball from going out of bounds. Uh, yeah, and through like, the other first, end. I was yeah. just like, yeah. first I was just like, oh, great hustle play. No, we didn't get the ball, but you know, whatever. But then I like when it went out of bounds, the opposite side. I was like, oh my god, they have a second to get the ball. Like that was I don't know if he meant to do that. Like like had, had the heads up to like. You know, well, and, and then Fletcher dove and full yeah. laid out to get it, and I was almost like, yeah. oh, thank God he didn't get it, because now they got a second <laughs> at the other end of the court, yeah. I was like, that was, like, went from, you know, I mean, their size after, a little bit, but that was a huge swing momentum. Was that after Edie's block, too? Did Edie block? Was that the one that Edie blocked off that Stevenson? I believe so. That went to that, and then Smith saved it, so it was Edie's yeah. block to the, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that was one of the, like, yeah, I mean, when you see, I mean, I kind of listened to Brian Newbert's podcast, um, one of his recaps cameras, when it was, I think it was the Duke one, we talked about, you know, last year, you could talk about, you know, how hard Mason Gillis played, you know, you noticed how hard he was playing out there, you know, this year, it's like, I mean, Zach Eady's diving on the floor, like, you're going to break the damn floor if he keeps diving, <laughs> he's diving I didn't, on I, That was really cool to see Edie, but I was also like, uh, I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> it takes my men to get up, too, so. Yeah. If your seven uh, four centers get on the floor, everybody else better be getting on the floor. Let's see, there's yeah. no excuse. I, I mean, I, but, yeah, I think everyone has been on the floor. Like yeah, him even, six, even some beer during the Gonzaga game. Yeah, like that was was that Gonzaga game? Yeah, it was Gonzaga. Yeah, 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 it was the guy's beer. But yeah, it was. Yeah, I mean, but I feel like all three of those games, there was moments where I was like, "Oh crap!" Here, the here the team right? comes like. It's like, can this team handle it? Like, I can just see this team coming back and just, you know, whooping us, you know, especially because West Virginia got within, what, like four or something four. like that. They, they got the like, closest out of anybody. And Duke then, got it. There was when – during the second half, I think when it went – like, started the second half, Purdue got it to, like, 15. Mm-hmm. And then I think Duke made a – like, a went on, like, a 
10-0 run or something. I mean, they got it to four or five, I thought. Okay, yeah. And then, and like, then Purdue got it back to 12, like, a minute later. But Yeah. Exactly. They, they got it. And then they never got within, like, 10 since then. Yeah, and I was just like, I was like, oh, God, here we go. Like, here's where Duke, you know, here's where it happens. Kind of similar to, like, the Ohio State football game in 2018. It was like, you thought, like, here they come. They're making a play. And all of a sudden, it's just like, nope, we're back up 12, 13. You know, and then, yeah. like, first hits a shot. You know, Gills hits a shot. And it's like – Minutes ago, and I'm like, oh my god, we're up 18 points right now. This is absolutely wild. I think I saw someone on Twitter when, yeah, pretty was up to 16 with two minutes to go or something, and the crowd was kind of getting into it. And I think someone on the bench was even pumping up, and I don't know, some one of the one of the Purdue other accounts was just like, nobody say anything yet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yep, it was, uh, yeah, I don't remember, uh, Four day stretch as enjoyable watching mm-hmm. college basketball as that. I've been smiling since Thursday, not just because of all the food I ate for Thanksgiving, <laughs> but uh, yeah, Purdue's basketball, man, rolling right now, just fun. Is the tournament played in Portland at all this year? Can we just go there? Because we're going to be playing pretty good in Portland. Uh, and we do going back in the 09 NCAA tourney when we beat mm-hmm. um, Northern Iowa and Washington out there in the same building. That Metro building mm-hmm. was where we played there. So yeah, let's keep doing that. I don't like these late start. <laughs> late pacific time tips but hey if they play that good they could play all the games 11 30 i don't care did that against that game ending at what 1 30 eastern time was then i couldn't sleep rough oh yeah the adrenaline's pumping yeah i didn't go to bed till 3 30 like i was and yeah it was i was absolutely wired i cannot believe that we just beat gonzaga which i knew isn't this isn't the same gonzaga team that we've seen the past years like in terms of guard play but i mean Team is a hell of a player. I mean, he was a guy that I, I kind of went into the game not hating. I started to hate him during the game. But then kind of towards the end, I was like, he's just a really good player. I think gets away with a lot. But, I mean, I guess you get that sometimes. Um, but, yeah, I can – Everybody who plays Purdue probably thinks Edie gets away with a lot because he – Oh, yeah. When he turns and moves people just because he turns, and they do – they they don't call it a lot. And yeah. I'm sure other teams that don't see that are like, wow, like what are you supposed to do? He – that's got to be an offensive foul. And they're like, he get, I'm sure he gets away with a lot too. Or he takes those play. giant steps. It's like, it's got to be a travel, but it's not because he's just. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Steps are so huge. Yeah. But I think Gonzaga will still be a force come March. I think Duke will too. Duke's very young. They start four freshmen. Yeah. They're very talented. You know, they get the best recruits out there. But still I, think, gotta... I, think they're, I think their class for next year is already. They've got, I think every single recruit they've got is a five star. And it's like in the top 20 easily. Yeah. I know uh, Roach, Roach got hurt in the first half, but came back and immediately went out. He played the second half, right? He really kept trying that. to play on that yeah. toe, but he played thirty-seven minutes, so he played. Okay. Thad Mooney on Facebook said, "Late tips for the tourney, getting us prepped for the conference expansion." That's true. Yeah, late, late tips out in California. That's true. I still can't wait to see UCLA or USC play in the frozen tundra of the Midwest and football <laughs> in like November. It's going to be glorious. Unless like, I don't know. Cause I know they won't when they, it's interesting. And I'm getting a little off topic here, but when USC and Notre Dame play, if it's at Notre Dame, it's always in October. And when they play USC at USC, it's always the last game of the season because USC uh, doesn't want to play in South Bend in November. The big tens, a lot of their teams are in the Midwest, pretty much right. all of them. So you can't make that yeah. exception. Can you? No. Uh, I mean, we'll that's a that's a home and that's a home and home contract negotiation. I'm sure. Yeah. Conference play, you can't do that. They, they better start recruiting in the Midwest a little bit. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, get some no, guys it's going to hurt their recruiting because those Southern Cal Southern Cal kids isn't going to want to go there. I know. I know. But so 
that, that's something to keep an eye on here in a couple of years. But, uh, yeah, Zach Eady, MVP of the tournament. Um, against Gonzaga, 23.7 boards. Against Duke, 21 points, 12 boards. A beast. You get him going on to his left shoulder, he's almost impossible to start. Get him to go to his right shoulder, not as much, but he's still pretty effective well, with the left hand. Some of those long hooks where he's like three quarters up the lane and he turns, and I was like, <laughs> how is this a hook shot? You're 10 <laughs> feet from the basket. Yeah, yeah it, it, it's his, his passing is what I see the improvement. You know, he that's something he wasn't very good at in the past when they double teamed him, and now the double comes, he finds the open guy, and we swing it around. It's almost, I think, teams to beat Purdue – I would take my chance with him one on one. Oh yeah, just let him yeah, get what he yeah, gets, yeah. and then um, hopefully you know that way you're not getting beat on threes all day. So well, maybe yeah. I say going into that Gonzaga, what I was worried about was the fact that you know, um, you know, Timmy's a you know he's a stretch five or whatever position he is. Um, you know, they're at like I think they said that they're like one of the fastest paced offenses in the country, you know, the number mm-hmm. one yeah. Ken Palm offensive mm-hmm. see I was like, I guess we'll see if the big fella can keep up. And he played 30 minutes. Like yeah. it was incredible. I mean, because I think like come big ten play, like I mean a team like I think of right off the bat is Illinois. I mean those guys run. And I've had you know Illinois fans in the offseason be like, you know, with this new team, we want to have Kofi slowing down. We're gonna make the big man run. He's not gonna be able to keep up. And I'm like, I might want to rethink that because he kept up with Gonzaga pretty easily. Well, dominated that, and, and then also that Purdue play is incredibly slow. Yeah, offensively in the half court because there's so many passes and they actually run all these sets to get <laughs> the post entry passes. So I was listening to the when field Purdue's of scoring all the time, then they can't get out and run. Yeah. I was leading to the Field of 68 podcast today, and Geo Baker was on there. Thank mm. God he's gone, by the way, because he was talking <laughs> yeah. about how he had pretty good success against Purdue. I'm like, yeah, we still hate you. Uh, <laughs> but he was talking about what they did to get E.E. tired at. It was a lot of uh, uh, ball movement and ball screens mm-hmm. and just get him running around on the defensive end so he is mm-hmm. a little tired on offense. I think that's how teams are going to have to attack Purdue. Yeah, and having a stretch five, like someone who can shoot consistently. like yep. you know, Because, I mean, we saw it against Duke where he just he – just, Sat back and just sagged off and said, "All right, mm-hmm. if you're gonna, you know, if you're gonna shoot, shoot." But mm-hmm. you know, you couldn't really do that against. Or I mean, against Gonzaga, he didn't really guard to me all that much. They put him no. on somebody else, so like it'd be interesting to see. Like, and Timmy didn't guard him very often either. No, I think yeah, like against like you know Coleman Hawkins from Illinois, you know Trace Jackson Davis from Indiana, like you know Hunter Dickinson, like those guys can. Well, Trace can't. Trace can't shoot. But you know, it's nice to see like who he guards when it comes to right. the template. Right. Well, but, that's and that's the beauty of having Caleb first and Trey Kaufman ran. Uh-huh. You can put them in there, go a little smaller if you need to, and Purdue doesn't seem to miss miss I a mean, beat really. First is six ten, isn't he? Yeah, <laughs> he is. Like, so, I mean, he's, he's a five on ninety percent of our teams. <laughs> yeah. He really, I thought, had a coming out party. I mean, his yeah. stats might not blow you away, but he had eleven and ten yesterday off the bench. He had ten and six against Gonzaga. Um, makes a lot of hustle plays. I mean, a lot of his. Buckets are garbage buckets. He's getting oh, offensive yeah. boards and, and put it back. Or it's the, it's the back screen, back cuts yep. off the baseline dunk. Yeah, from Edie or Smith and Lawyers had some to him. and Yeah. But he's got a good-looking jumper. I mean, he hit mm-hmm. a few jumpers, hit a three. Um, I think he needed one because he had a couple earlier, maybe against Marquette, that he had a wide yeah, open. Yeah, Marquette was a got, bad one. He was bad. Bricked. It was really bad. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. But then he made that block against Marquette, that really yeah. yeah. block. But Trey Kaufman ran. I mean, his stats aren't going to blow you away, but every commentator is gushing over him. His footwork, his is, footwork awesome. is incredible. It, yeah. it looks like he looks like Trevion Williams, except 60 pounds lighter. Yep. Yep. Yeah, yeah. He, bullies, he bullies people down low and then – 
pivots all over. Yeah. He's got some. Yeah, he's got some good moves too. Like yep. he was going against. He was going. I think he was going against Timmy. I think one time, and I was like, "Careful!" Like he's. I mean, this is a freshman versus you know a seasoned vet, and he's. I think he scored over him. I was like, "Okay, he had a nice little move that mm-hmm. he kind of uh, shot over it." And mm-hmm. uh, I think it was in the second half, but yeah, I'm really impressed with Trey. He's probably one of my favorites just because of what we've heard about him coming in, but I think he could be a really he, good offensive He plays extremely hard, too. He's on the floor a lot. He's very physical. Mm-hmm. He's been called for for several offensive fouls, I think, in fairly limited minutes because he's just yeah aggressive. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. The one thing, kind of back to what you said, oh, teams are going to guard Edie. I think Gonzaga pulled the chair out on him once, yeah. and then I think Duke did it like really early, like within the first couple minutes of the game. And I was like, oh, like he better. And then they never did it again. And yeah. I, I wondered if, and I don't think they really even tried to again. Yeah. But I think that more teams are going to do that because they, he's, you see it. And that's one thing you can do. And then it's actually, he's done a really good job of not getting in foul trouble, playing 30 mm-hmm. minutes a game. I don't mm-hmm. think he's ever really had, I've got it up. He's had, he had four fouls against West Virginia, but then he had four fouls against uh, Austin P. But other than that, he had one against Duke and two against Gonzaga. So yeah. I mean, thing really, Good out of foul trouble. Mm-hmm. And he's done a good so, job of just protecting the rim. I mean, not so, I mean, not so much yeah. blocking shots like we saw like AJ Hammonds or something. But I mean, the fact that we held Duke scoreless the last seven minutes, I was baffled by that stat. Yeah, couldn't believe it. Yeah, defense both games cranked up big time second half. Not that they played bad in the first half either, but I mean, Gonzaga went a long stretch the second half without a bucket. So. Um, yeah, that's why they beat Gonzaga by 18 and Duke by 19. I mean, it's just still really with Gonzaga, it was like really it was 20 because they scored in the last second. Yeah. It was like a last second bucket. but Garbage yeah. jumper with a couple yeah. of left, yeah. Well, let's talk about some of these other uh, guys. Let's talk about the freshmen, the two freshmen that start in particular. Braden Smith, 14 points against Gonzaga. Fletcher Lawyer, 14 against Gonzaga. And then Fletcher Lawyer, 18 against Duke yesterday. These guys were one and two for Mr. Basketball in the state of Indiana last year. Knew they were going to be good. Don't think any of us thought they would imp- have the impact on the team right away like they had. If you told me earlier this year that Fletcher Lawyer was going to be throwing in daggers against number eight Duke <laughs> national television, I'd been like, no way, but there, that's what he was doing yesterday. You said, said Fletcher Lawyer and Braden Smith were starting against Duke. You're like, oh, God, Purdue's going to lose by 30. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. And, then I mean, these guys are just – they're dogs. They're one of many on the team, two of many on the team. Uh, uh, is, is the new Isaac Haas played hockey, is it going to be – do you know Braden Smith was not recruited? There are all these Big Ten yeah. schools that are going to be kicking themselves, yeah. not recruiting this guy, someone on their bench. Yeah, They said that every single game. Yep. Yep. Head coach is going to look down the bench and say, why didn't we recruit him? He de- <laughs> definitely has a little Chris Kramer in him and some Aaron Kraft. I know that's not yeah. a popular name or most Purdue fans, Big Ten he's fans. way better but, offensively than Aaron Kraft. Yeah, but uh, I mean, he, these guys are just ballers, man. And it's uh, – they're I mean, they're growing up already. I mean, you would think they're juniors at least already if you didn't know just watching them play. Um, Listen, the start of that Gonzaga game, you can definitely tell that they were – Pretty amped up. Everybody sure. was. It was. It was a pretty. It was a pretty rocky start. Right. But right. but then they put. They settled in pretty quickly. So I was like, we were. I think we were kind of texting. We're like, oh boy, like this is this is not going well. Like just don't get blown out here. And then they they settled in, and yep. All of a sudden the game's tied. And we take the lead. It's like holy crap, we just took the lead. Like uh, and, and then like, ran away, and then they yeah, got then, like twelve. Then they yeah, went up. I think once we got the lead like against Gonzaga, we never gave it back. Gonzaga was yeah. shell shocked. You could tell yeah. they were shocked, especially kind of in their backyard. I mean, they're they're from Washington, up there in Oregon, Pacific Northwest. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, these 
the moment's not too big for these guys. And even the retro no. freshman, like I said, Trey Kaufman ran and uh, um, good for um, good for Waddell, man. <laughs> I mean, I didn't see that dunk coming yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> Which he had some good. Dunk. I know he had a dunk in the state championship game his senior year. It was pretty, pretty athletic dunk. I think it was even over against like CJ Gunn, who's playing in Indiana right mm-hmm. now. But it was like, yeah, he has my lessons. When he dunked, I was like, holy crap. Yeah, just didn't see it coming. Um, yeah. I mean, he, he reminds a lot of Grady Eifert. I think he's a smart mm-hmm. player. Got to make the right play more times than not. And speaking of smart players, I think the smartest guy on the team, basketball IQ-wise, I am so confident with the ball in his hands, Ethan Morton. Yep. 18 yeah, assists to one turnover in three games. And the one turnover happened yesterday against Duke, and it was yep. – it was kind of a bad one, but like it was like the one time I was like, "Oh, that's the only turnover he's made this whole time." But he is, I mean, he's was a, that the of, one that he passed it and someone cut like away or right as he was passing. I think it, so. it was it was early. I think in the first half. Okay, I mean, I think. I'm, I'm yeah. thinking toward the end of the game. I don't know who that was. I think it was the first. Yeah, it was early in the first half. Um, but when we were kind of talking the day, Tan, you said that this is Ethan Morton that we heard so much about coming out of high school because he was highly recruited and he was for a long time he was. You know, top 50 and then everybody kind of catches mm-hmm. up or whatever but i mean he had you know he had all the offers he had ohio state he had indiana he had you know all the big boys he's mr uh, basketball in the state of pennsylvania yep yep um and he's i mean live up to the hype now i mean obviously he had a rough freshman year just battling with mono kind of set him back and then last year obviously playing behind the guards that we had but it's time to, i mean his time to shine like i was really it really started impressing again it was that marquette game when he got that ball he got fouled he wanted to get fouled Knocked down the street. Those other guys weren't hitting them, and then he hasn't yeah. really looked back since. As kind of a kind of the floor general alongside Braden. Yeah, I mean he's been great. Um, really, everybody. I mean Newman, Gillis, they've mm-hmm. been good. Even though Gillis, Gillis seems like he plays a lot. Of course, starter minutes, and then not so much in the second half lately. But yeah. I don't think that's anything to worry about. But uh, that's the thing. That's I think the that's, great thing. About I think that's more of just because you've got first who's doing the same right. thing as what Gillis, but four inches taller and longer yep. and. I mean, you got you got nine to ten guy rotation. That's going to happen a lot of times. Mm-hmm. You know, you got to go with the high hand, and that's the beauty of it. And it'll be interesting to see if they keep that uh, many of a man rotation. But right now, I'd say they're going to. I saw a text from somebody says that Edie was named Big Ten Player of the Week and Lawyer was Freshman of the Week. I did see that. Yes, they're deserving on both parts. And then Maccabee was. Freshman of the week. Freshman week. Yep. Yep. yep, we'll get to talking about him in a little bit. But uh, Boilers still in action this week. Two games, ACC, ACC Big Ten Challenge, uh, the last one ever. ESPN announced today, uh, which is fine with Purdue fans. We're tired of playing Florida State every year anyways and getting a lazy scheduling uh, for whatever it is, whatever reason in the past. They don't want to give Purdue the sexy matchup. They got Duke in 08, but never got Carolina. Um, got Virginia only because it was a rematch of Elite Eight, really. When they're defending national champs, we just always kind of got the yeah. middle of the pack teams. Uh, and how does Ohio good. State? How does Ohio State get Duke? They get Duke in North Carolina almost every year. And, they had and Duke again, last year. They get Duke again this year. Yeah. Ohio State. Uh, uh, you know, Indiana's got North Carolina. Illinois's got North Carolina. Duke multiple times. Of course, Michigan State. Uh, Michigan, it's like the same team. So I'm fine yeah. with this thing going away. I don't enjoy ESPN's broadcast very much. I'm glad no. for oh, both. Yeah. I'm glad for all sports that Big Ten's going with CBS, NBC, and Fox. I think they do a good job. Um, so I'm fine with this going away. With all that said, Purdue's going down to Tallahassee Saturday night, 7:15 tip. Because a Florida Wednesday, State or team. Wednesday night. What did I say? Tuesday. Wednesday. Saturday. Oh my gosh, Wednesday, <laughs> Wednesday night uh, tip, 7:15. Uh, 
against a Seminole team that's just not playing good basketball right now. Got blown out by Nebraska. <laughs> yeah, they've lost to Stetson. They've but lost to Nebraska. They've lost to other teams. Purdue better just take care of business and just take care of business. Oh, yeah. Right. I think it's awesome. I said the team didn't get home till like almost five a.m. last night, yep. so it's, or this morning. So yeah, I mean it's gonna yep. be probably a long day to go to class yep. today, and I mean yeah, and just kind of really just. Yeah, they yeah. got to play tomorrow. <laughs> yep. Or Portland to Florida in, yeah. in 72 hours. Yeah, I'm sure Matt wasn't happy about that when the schedule came out, but it is what it is. And, uh, you know, I don't think it'll be a raucous environment at Florida State, but now that you are got you got the number five team in the country coming in, maybe you're going to sell a few more tickets than you initially your would have. One and seven. I don't think I know. it's going to do much. They're a football school anyways, but uh, – um, it will be interesting. It'll be a lot of these young guys' first true road test, so that will be interesting, something to keep an eye on. Mm-hmm. Um, but then other than that, Purdue starts Big Ten play this week. You know, the Big Ten does those two games in December, and Purdue's uh, first Big Ten opponent will be Minnesota at home on Sunday. So um, feeling good about Purdue's chances to go 2-0 this week, but still got to go out there and get the job done. Yeah, I mean, I really watched, I watched a little bit of Minnesota. have not been impressed. They've – Kind of struggled early. Um, Are they winning tonight? By the way, I know they're in action see. against Virginia Tech. Uh, let's see here. Um, they are losing by sixteen with seven thirty to go. All right, I say the Hokies are going to get the one zero lead for the ACC. Yeah, so. Northwestern plays Pitt <laughs> at nine o'clock. Is is this going to get replaced with anything? Or is it going to I bet, more? I bet Big Ten, Big Twelve do something. Which I, I was actually, I was talking to my boss about this because he's an Illinois fan. But I was like, oh, we'll probably do Big Ten, Big Twelve. And I was like, I was like, oh, you got Kansas, you got you know Baylor. And I was like, you got Texas. And I'm like, oh wait, no, Texas is leaving for the SEC. Never mind. I was like, oh crap, Big Twelve is not going to be very good. Well, it will be once they expand, though. They'll get Houston. Oh, that's get right. That's Cincinnati. Right. Yeah. Get UCF and BYU. So right. and maybe Gonzaga. So yeah. that's gonna that could be a really good basketball conference. Football, not so much. Eh, yeah, I shouldn't say that. No, no, I, yeah, Iowa State, Kansas State, yeah, I'm just like, yeah. So, yeah, but you do lose Oklahoma and Texas in a few years for basketball, but you you mm-hmm. pick up a lot of pieces. So, yeah, I could see that because it sounds like ESPN's do got to do a ACC SEC challenge. Mm-hmm. Whoop de doo there, yeah, um, Kentucky and eh, Auburn, Tennessee are pretty good too, but. Um, yeah. Arkansas is really good. Uh, Arkansas, Alabama. I mean, yeah, uh, Alabama. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, all right. I'm I'm gonna shut up now. What am I talking about? But uh, although Arkansas is currently losing to Troy right now, but we're down a good player though. Any other thoughts on the hardwood before we uh, flip it over to football? I was really looking forward to the season. I'm just kind of enjoying the season and just you know watching some basketball. You know, make the tournament. You know, we'll see where we're going. I'm like, now I have expectations. <laughs> But no, I'm just gonna trying to you know it's still November you know as yeah. we saw last year it's kind of same time like you know the, these wins don't matter if you don't take care of business down the road and you know hopefully these wins stay, look good at the Virginia North Carolina win did not look good at the end of the year because they kind of squeaked into the tournament obviously they went on their run but the most sham of a number one preseason team I've seen in a while um, but I mean just take it one game at a time enjoy the moment enjoy watching these guys grow and. Hopefully, I mean, Payers team typically get better as the season goes on, and with all these young guys, you think I don't know why this team would be any different. You know, it's pretty close to us, and you know, typical Payers team we've probably seen recently. So excited to see what these guys can do come February. 
That's one nice thing coming out of the weekend. The guys that were calling for Matt Painter's head and Jeff Brom's head, they got to hide right now yep. because they mm-hmm. can't even say anything. Either one of them. So, yep. Yep. Andrew, any thoughts on, on final thoughts on basketball before we switch to football? No, the same thing. Just uh, kind of the same thing like last year, what you said, Webby, where it felt like Purdue kind of peaked around this time. I mean, mm-hmm. going forward, I mean, they looked so good a year ago and then calendar turned and they were winning, but it was a lot more close really calls ugly. and yeah. ugly and they're like, oh, it didn't feel great even yeah. though Purdue was still winning. Uh, so hopefully this team stays fun to watch because yeah. they played so hard and everybody plays, yeah. No, I can't disagree with either of you guys. I mean, I'm sure they'll we'll lose a game or two or maybe mm-hmm. hopefully not more than that than that, that's, we're, that we're that supposed to win. So. I, real quick, that's what I was thinking. I was like, oh, the Purdue's going to have off-night shootings and it's like, they kind of haven't shot great yet anyway. Mm-hmm. So, like, they're kind of just average. And as long as they can just stay, like, oh, we're fine. Then yeah. there's going to be bad. Edie, yeah. If Edie goes, has a night where he goes three for 15 or something like that, then pretty much struggle. But, yeah. 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 It's nice to have depth. That's for sure. Yeah. That's for sure. Well, before we get talking to football, we got a lot of Big Ten uh, sporting events going on this week. We got the AC Big Ten Challenge on Wednesday. We got the Big Ten Championship in football on Saturday. We got the uh, Big Ten opener for basketball on Sunday. That sounds to me three opportunities to get some mad musher. I don't know about you guys. You guys. And we got a promo code right now, BREAK5. That's for $5 off any order over $20. If you don't know about Mad Mushroom, well, you should, and you're going to right now. They've been serving Boilermakers since 1993. They're located in the heart of West Lafayette, and they're known for the home of the original cheese sticks. Whenever, whenever any of us likes to visit, we like to sit down and have an ice-cold beer while trying out their latest piece of the month, which you can only get for a few more days. And that is for the month of November... If I can find it, there we are. It is Todd's Honey Sriracha Chicken. It's their house-made honey sriracha sauce, chicken, pineapples, mozzarella cheese, and finished with a chive garnish, starting at just 14 bucks. So get two of those. That makes $28. You're over $20, and you can use Break 5 when ordering online for $5 off. Or if you would rather go in person and sit down like we like to, just tell them the Boiler Breakdown sent you and you can get $5 off your order over $20 that way as well. And you got to get some cheese sticks no matter what. Get some pizza, get some cheese sticks, get some wings, get all the above. I don't care. You don't feel like cooking Wednesday night, Saturday night, Sunday afternoon, evening-ish, order some Mad Mush. So uh, do that. Like we said, madmushroom.com is where you can order Mad Mushroom Feed your head and now i'm hungry because i still haven't ate dinner and it's late <laughs> and i wish i lived closer to west lafayette right now so i could get some mad mushroom all right football i did not know if we were ever going to be able to talk about a purdue <laughs> football championship okay. whether it be outright divisional or whatever and here we are and i couldn't be more thrilled that we're able to talk about it on the boiler breakdown podcast Purdue finishes their regular season eight and four record, five and three in the conference. So not even co-champs, outright Big Ten West champs. wasn't the prettiest journey to get there, but they uh, kept battling through adversity, through ups and downs, through injuries, and then the day got it done. And Lucas Oil, here we come six to and, face six the Wolverines. Six and three in the conference. Six, six and three in the conference. Yeah. Six and three. Did I say five and three? Six yeah, and three. Yeah. Yep. Put some so, respect. Yeah, I can't. I can't. You know, I can't. <laughs> Divya lost there, um, and then, and really, I mean, yeah, never mind. Well, we can talk about it later. But just 
eight and four, and then it's awfully close to like ten and two. Two easily. could have been on the flip side too. I mean, there was a yeah. lot of one score games. Been, could have been, yeah, could have been. Could have should have went up. But <laughs> at the start of the year, I think if you would have told any Purdue fan, "Hey, you're winning the Big Ten West," and don't even tell them the record, yeah, we're taking it, no matter what it is. So. I mean, I go back to when we got Jeff Brom, especially after the first year where we went six and six, went bowling. It was like, holy crap! Like this is we are ahead of schedule. You know, uh, you know, we kind of talked about like, you know, he's going to get us to Indy. You know, he'll definitely get us to Indy. You know, how, so now it's like, matter of if it's like, how many times is going to get us there? <laughs> and then obviously, you know, things happen, injuries happen, you know, a global pandemic happened that shortened the season, but. You know, I feel like the couple times we've had like the thought of like, okay, this is the year we're gonna make it to Indy. You know, the schedule's lined up the way we want it. Something's happened to where it's, you know, obviously we we fall flat. We can't beat Wisconsin. We can't beat Minnesota. Whatever it may be. Um, this year, kind of, you know, we had the same thought. Like, just you know, schedule is very favorable. Get to Indy, and because this is probably our last chance to do it because of next year's schedule and what we lose, and you know, obviously after that we got you know two more big boys coming into the conference, and who knows what what the the, it'll look like at that point, but and then you know, it kind of like it was out of reach after Iowa, which was such a demoralizing loss. But then turn around, beat Illinois, and then Nebraska does the unthinkable and comes through. <laughs> and it's like, oh my god, all I have to do is beat IU to to go to the Big Ten championship. And I just I can't believe it. Like that's, I mean, obviously, we can, who knows what's going to happen on Saturday? But like just the fact that we got there, like, is so huge for the program. I mean, I don't care what you say about. Obviously, the Big Ten West is obviously not what the Big East is. Big Ten East is, but I mean. Still, it's incredible. Who cares? Yeah. Yeah, who cares how he got there? You know, I see Twitter, a lot of people crying, oh, it should be Ohio State, Michigan, this is stupid, get rid of divisions. Well, the divisions are set, and they have been set, and they're going to get changed in two years, and it is what it is, and so what? Um, What was the first year of the Big Ten Championship? Was it it when Nebraska and Rutgers joined, or – no, it was when Maryland and Rutgers joined. Maryland when Nebraska Rutgers, joined, sorry, it was yeah. still Legends of Leaders. So I think it was 2014, I believe. Okay. Because um, you've had the Wisconsin represent the West multiple times. Iowa represent the West. Northwestern. Um, Northwestern represent the once, and that's it. Yeah. Because yeah. Illinois, Minnesota, and Purdue had never, never got there. And am I forgetting somebody? Nebraska has never got there since it went east-west. Yeah. So. so they made it with the leaders and legends then? Because I, I swear I went to a Nebraska Big Ten game at Lucas Oil. Yeah, like they got killed by uh, 11. Wisconsin. Wisconsin. Um, yeah. One, okay. One so, yeah. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah. Okay. And Mr. CEO on uh, YouTube, nobody thinks that, at least not rational people. He's not wrong. Uh, no, you're not wrong, but a lot of those, you know, talking heads and on Twitter uh, will say differently. But that's all right. They can all they can all say what they want. It is what it is, and and um, you know, uh, Purdue's got a tough task. I mean, Michigan's sixteen half point favorites. They're probably going to be ranked number two tomorrow, which I'm hoping they're ranked number two because that usually spells well for Purdue historically. <laughs> Purdue's beat a more number two ranked teams than anybody else in college football. Well, they say Brom is 3-0 against the top three. At yep, yep. So, uh, I mean, it's going to be a tough task. There's going to be tons of maize and blue and attendance at Lucas Oil. And if you're a Purdue fan on the fence about going, I would recommend you try to go if you can. I mean, we don't know when we'll, we'll be back or if we'll be back in this position. Yeah. And even if we get smacked Saturday, it should be a fun environment. And even if we get smacked, I don't think we'll get smacked as bad as Iowa did last year, 49 to yeah. 3. At least I hope not. So, and I go back to Brown's first game against Louisville. So it's like, you know, we're like, we're coming off 
what was the hazel air and it's like man just hope we just don't get blown out kind of similar kind of what we're probably thinking going into the saturdays like just don't get blown out but you know there's a lot of pre fans it looks like all that day and it was it was a really fun environment really fun game um uh but it was um i hope the same i hope pre fans show up because i mean obviously we're a lot closer to indy than, than the wolverines are it looks like Mr. CEO is a Michigan fan. He says, prepare for your views to go up. Us Michigan fans are like cockroaches looking for food. <laughs> we can handle Tennessee fans. We can handle Michigan fans. I'll yep. just say that. <laughs> yeah, we, uh, we got some smoke before the Music City Bowl from Tennessee fans, and uh, it didn't turn out so well for Tennessee. So no, hope it doesn't turn out well for you Michigan fans, but I'm, <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not really getting my hopes up. We are, no. we're, we're just happy to be in this position. Happy to play Michigan. Haven't played Michigan since 2017. Yeah. That was uh, crazy. Yeah. Well, it was like, this is to be the, we've only played, what was the tweet we saw? It was like, we've only played Michigan twice in like the last like 3,000 mm-hmm. some days. It was something absolutely crazy like yep. that. But it yep. was, yeah, I mean, obviously we play them again next year, so we'll have some, yep. you know, back-to-back years. But yeah, it's nice. I, was, I mean, this for Purdue fans, the storyline with Ohio State would have been fun just because of, you know, they still remember 2018. Like just that whole aspect of it would have been fun just to kind of see because Ohio State fans, they are, there's a little, they have a little fear of Purdue, especially when it's at Ross 8. Um, but, I mean, we're, we're used to playing them, played them last year, so it would be nice to to play close from Ann Arbor again. Yeah, next year when we go to Ann Arbor at the Big House, that'll be our first trip to the Big House since 2011. That's wild. It's just crazy. I mean, just it was really my freshman crazy. year. <laughs> I mean, that was two head coaches ago for Purdue. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, so it's, it's going to be a fun one. Fox. National television, seven thirty. Lucas Oil Saturday night. Got to be a got to be a fun environment. But um, yeah, it's just fun to look back on this season. I mean, there's definitely some highs and lows. And even in the Indiana game the other day, we're sitting at seven to three deficit at halftime, and you know I'm sitting there shaking my head. And but we clicked in the second half. Devin Mockaby had a big second half. Charlie Jones had a big second half. Aiden O'Connell got to go in the second half, which prayers up to Aiden O'Connell mm-hmm. and his family. Thoughts and prayers with him. It came out. Uh, Late Saturday on the message boards, but Sunday publicly that his older brother Sean O'Connell uh, tragically passed away last week. So he, I can't imagine trying to play a football game going through that. And they didn't even know if he was going to play going up to yeah. that. And Jeff Brown today in a press conference said that Aiden's not on campus right now. He's with his family, but he will be playing on Saturday. So mm-hmm. yeah, I can't. Even, I mean, we kind of you saw him after the game, you know, crying. And at the time, I was like, oh, you know, he's. You know, it's obviously emotional because of what he's gone through. You know, as it from the season, is what this means to Purdue. But then you, after reading it, you're like, oh, this is a, a whole different reason why he's emotional on the sideline. And yeah, the fact that he even played is incredible, and that he played the way he did. And so it's, I mean, he's a boilermaker, and we love him for it. And I mean, he'll go down as probably some fan favorites, especially this era of Purdue football. Mr. CEO said, I said the same thing. Luckily, we avoided the what's his name days, a small receiver who killed Ohio State. That'd be Rondell Moore, Rondell Moore. who plays for the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, yeah, he was he was a special one. He was a fan favorite, and like you just said, Evan, I know Aiden O'Connell's up there with, with amongst my fair boilers of all time. He's a definition of a boiler, just a tough guy. He he can throw a pick, doesn't rattle him. He comes back, leads you know can lead a game winning drive. He's led five fourth quarter comebacks, which mm-hmm. are the most in uh, in Purdue history. So um, so yeah yeah it's uh, um, yeah. Yeah, he's the uh, just prayers and thoughts and prayers with this family. I don't know what else to really say at this point. Um, and then, uh, Mr. CEO said, I'm not a young buck. I remember the battle with the Joe Tiller's teams. Rest in peace. Yes, rest in peace to Joe Tiller. Uh, basketball and grass did have some good battles with Lloyd Carr back in the day with, with those Michigan teams. 
So for sure. I'm really excited to see, I mean, speaking of Tiller, it's like to see like who, who comes to Indy from, right. especially the Tiller teams, you know, that, you know, for a long time, they didn't have a whole lot to be proud of when it comes to pretty football, but you know, now that we're back and, you know, in terms of on a national stage, it'd be, it's really cool to see who's going to, you know, which of our favorite players from growing up are going to, are going to be there. Obviously I think it sounds like Breeze is going to be there. You'll probably mm-hmm. see, you know, Sutherland, he usually shows up to games. You'll probably see Stu Schweiger. You know, Roosevelt Colvin lives in Indy, so hopefully the whole Colvin clan will be there. But I'm really, yeah, really interested to see who all. I mean, kind of, it's kind of reminding me of, you know, when I don't want to bring up, you know, a bad memory, but the the Louisville trip for the basketball team, the Elite Eight, like how many, you know, past players and just Purdue people were there. I mean, I, mean, I, I hope, I hope, hope we see Painter there on Saturday. I know we have a game on Sunday, but I mean, you wouldn't surprise me if he's there. Um, just kind of seeing the whole Purdue family really fun. That's usually, that's like kind of my favorite. That's part of what I'm most looking forward to is just kind of seeing like who shows up and cause it's, it's always kind of a family affair. Well, this seems to be in the basketball team success over the weekend too, as bringing some of the, I don't want to call anybody out, but almost fair weather Purdue fans out of the woods, kind of, you know, seeing people post on social media, you don't normally see post and saying things about Purdue. That That's what a big fun event like this will do. Like you said, the elite mm-hmm. eight, um, NCAA tourney, things like that. So, um, Andrew's gonna have to jump off here. So, you gotta go put, any, gotta go put my son to bed. Any any final thoughts, Andrew? Before before uh, you uh, um, join us next week. Hell of a weekend for Purdue, and now it's just nothing, nothing to lose against Michigan on Saturday. So let it all hang Saturday out. It will be fun. Let it all hang out. Nothing to lose. So yeah. All right. All right. We'll see you, Andrew. See you, Andrew. Yep. So, like you said, yeah, nothing to lose. I mean, Purdue, of course, you want to win the Big Ten Championship. You want to go to Pasadena. I can't even believe that's a possibility. (laughs) It's a possibility. We go to uh, Pasadena. but uh, Oh, my gosh. But um, even if Purdue loses, which, let's be honest, more than likely they will, I think they've set themselves up to make a Florida Bowl, which is still great. I think so, too, yeah. I mean, for really before last week, this past week, I should say, it was like, you know, probably best case scenario was probably Charlotte is probably what we were thinking. Mm-hmm. Duke's Mayo. Yep. Yeah. And then, but now it's like, that's probably worst case scenario at this point. I'm not sure. I don't know what's going to have to happen. Cause I mean, what LSU lost that may open up a chance for a Penn state to get, you know, maybe mm-hmm. a new year's six bowl unless LSU, cause LSU is an SEC championship, right? Yeah. Against Georgia. So, I mean, I assume they're probably going to get pummeled because Georgia is just playing a different sport right now. Um, you know, there's a Big Ten team sneak in there, and you know LSU gets knocked down a peg, which you know obviously ele- elevates a, a Purdue or a Big Ten team for some of the other bowls. So that'd be cool. I mean, it's, it's been you know we've been to the Detroit's and some of those you know the lower level bowls, but it's been nice to get back to a Florida bowl for the Jets. Sure would get a chance to get some warm weather for these guys. Sure would. Mr. CEO on YouTube says he's subscribing. We Hey, thank you for that. We really appreciate that. And anybody else watching or listening, if you haven't uh, checked us out on YouTube, go do that and subscribe and hit that like and that notification bell. The likes really help us. YouTube keeps changing their algorithm, which is not, not good for a lot of – a lot of podcast channels like us, but we'll get through it. Um, yeah, and, and honestly, Evan, you were talking about Georgia. I think Georgia and Michigan both could lose this weekend and still get in. I do. Yeah, I Georgia for sure. Um, just because obviously they haven't lost yet. Um, who's the other team you said? Sorry. Michigan. Michigan I think yeah. we could beat Michigan. They'd still make the playoff. 
The way they dominate Ohio State. Yeah, that's true. The way they, yeah, they, I did not see that coming um, at all. Uh, I kind of stopped watching, just not because of any reason, just I stopped watching the game. But then I checked back. And I was like, oh, Michigan took the lead. And I was like, that checked back. And I was like, oh, my God, they're going to double them up. Um, so I think you're right. Yeah, with that, um, you know, teams like, I think, who else is up there? I mean, well, oh, USC and TCU. I think if they both win, I think if USC beats Utah and TCU beats Kansas State, I think they're both in. But if either yeah. of those lose, they don't get in. I think if TCU, TCU loses, it probably opens up for, I mean, can you say Alabama? I don't, I mean, because they're like yeah, fifth be, right now, which is wild because they've lost two games. Yeah, the rankings will come out tomorrow. It'd be between Alabama and Ohio State. Ohio State's one loss was. That's a true. pretty big deficit to Michigan. Yeah. Alabama's two losses were close games, but Alabama also sneaked one out against Texas in a game they probably mm-hmm. should have lost and sneaked one out against an awful Texas A&M team. Yeah. So, yeah. Thad Moody on Facebook said, Florida Bowl would be amazing for the program, <laughs> but my selfish side would love the hour-and-a-half drive to yeah, the Duke Bowl. Yeah. yeah. And that was the fun thing about the – I mean, it wasn't that close for us, but the Motors, or, <laughs> Music City Bowl in twenty. 20- 18 was, I mean, it was, you know, not that far of a drive for a lot of Purdue fans, especially in Indiana. So it was a, a fun drive to make. Um, but yeah, I, I, selfishly, I would, yeah, want the Duke's mailable too. Mr. CEO says he thinks uh, Michigan's a lock due to two top eight wins, but mm-hmm. they aren't nationally respected like the SEC. Yeah. It just matters it more. Supposedly, <laughs> supposedly just matters more. Um, but yeah, but uh, really looking forward to Saturday. Should be a fun environment. Um, next going? week. I put in for my two tickets to John Purdue Club. Hopefully I get them. Um, yeah. you did, the deadline for John Purdue Club members is tomorrow, Tuesday at 5 p.m. Then you get notified Wednesday if you got them or not. They're all based on points. So uh, we'll see because they're going for big bucks on the uh, Ticketmaster, StubHubs, yeah. all those uh, sites of the world. So we'll, we'll see. But uh, really looking forward to it. It's been a fun season. I'm glad we get two more games no matter what. That's going to be cool. Yeah. Um, and should be against two good opponents. Of course, Michigan's a great opponent, and whoever we get in the bowl game should be a should be a good opponent as well. So, uh, but before we go, let's talk about uh, a little bit about the coaching carousel. Um, our Big Ten West got two good ones: Matt Rule to Nebraska <laughs> and Luke Fickle. I think the biggest, splashiest hire from Cincinnati to Wisconsin. Yeah, I was not a big fan of the Luke Fickle one, just because he's such a good coach. Very um, good. I, I didn't know what because I mean I can't, I'm trying to remember back when was he was he a candidate for the Ohio State job when that before Ryan Day got it or because he uh, was he was their interim in 2011 when they went yeah. I don't know, seven to six or six and seven but yeah. he did a pretty good job to just keep that group together after the trestle tattoo scandal and then Urban got it and I don't know if they looked at him or not because he had done well at Cincinnati but he hadn't got him to the playoff like he did last year. Mm-hmm. Now, if it was opened up after last year, if Ohio State would open up, then I think he could have been the guy. He did turn down Michigan State a couple years ago when Mel Tucker ended up getting up because his wife didn't like East Lansing. But this time, Wisconsin's a better program than Michigan State. He takes it. Be interesting to see what kind of ball he, uh, what kind of style of ball he wants to play at, mm-hmm. at Wisconsin. I don't think it's going to be a smash mouth mm-hmm. as we're used to at Wisconsin. He he runs a tough nosed defense in Cincinnati, but he spreads the ball out more on offense. So yeah, could be different Wisconsin. I've got a coworker who's from Wisconsin is a big Wisconsin football fan. He thinks it's going to be a lot more of a spread offense. Um, so it'll be, it'll be interesting. It'll be kind of a nice change of pace for watching Wisconsin. So, um, cause yeah, it's used to, I mean, Wisconsin, Iowa was kind of like, you know, football straight from the 1980s. 
Mr. CEO chiming in here again on YouTube. He said, I'll say this, the Big Ten West uh, better get their licks in now because once Fickle gets Wisconsin whiskey rolling, uh, eyeball emojis, yeah. They've already dominated the West, so this is going to be anything different. Yeah. I don't, yeah. it, Matt Rule is intriguing to me. Yes, he is. He, he was at Baylor right before he Yeah, went. did a real good job at Temple and Baylor. He took over yeah. that train wreck of a mess, dumpster fire that Bryles left Baylor with. And That's right. He went from one win to conference champs in three years. Yeah, and then Nebraska, that means he's going to have all the funding in the world to yep. do whatever he Best wants. Best facilities you can get. Um, yeah. I will say, I mean, he didn't do well with Carolina Panthers, but I don't put much stock into that. Hardly any coaches that go from college to NFL do well. Pete mm-hmm. Carroll is, but that's he's outlier. We know Steve Spurrier did bad. Urban Meyer, Saban. train wreck. Saban was average at best. Yeah. Um, it's Brian very hard Kelly, to do. Or not Brian Kelly. Um, Chip Kelly went and then came back. <laughs> that's right. That's right. I forgot about the chipster because he did really well his first year at the Eagles and then yeah. not so well. And then the Niners, he didn't last long enough. I forgot about that. So a lot yeah. more times than not, guys go to pros and don't do very well. So, yeah, the Nebraska one, his name had been thrown out there a while. Um, part of me thought they would stick with uh, Mickey Joseph, but they went out, out of house. And so Wisconsin, you know, they yeah. a lot of people thought they got rid of Chris midseason to – go with Jim Leonard and they gave him a chance. And I guess finishing six and six isn't what they thought was good enough. Should Jeff Brown give Jim Leonard a call to be our defensive coordinator next year? I would love it. Doubt <laughs> he'd take it, but I love it. I think he could get a big, big, big coordinator job yeah. if he wants to. Um, yeah. I don't know what his intentions are going to be, but it'll be interesting to see if, if um, you know, if I, if I had to say right now, I don't think Purdue makes a defensive coordinator change. <sighs> yeah. I, I don't know. I go, I go back and forth. What's Mr. CEO say here? He says, uh, you guys think the Big Ten has the best coaching with the addition of Fickle and maybe Rule, but I'm not sure about Nebraska being successful. I'm asking, I'm asking a question. It's um, a pretty loaded conference from top to bottom with coaches. Yeah, but then when you look at SEC, you got Saban, who's probably worth oh, I know. coaching I know. the Big Ten. I know. And obviously um, – who else in the SEC? I'm blanking. Right. Kirby Smart. Kirby Smart. Georgia. You got Jimbo down there getting paid Jimbo. 95 million, but they're five and seven. That's the same as Mel yeah. Tucker. There's yeah. another uh, big pay. Brian Kelly. Brian Kelly. Absolutely despise him. He's done. Lane Kiffin at Ole Miss. Hugh Freeze now at Auburn, um, mm-hmm. which would be interesting. Um, Mike Leach at Mississippi State. Uh, Heupel. Pretty good coach so far yeah, at Tennessee. Coming, coming for sure. Uh, Napier not so hot at Florida. His first year six and six. Um, I'm sure I definitely put us up there with with a lot of them. Obviously, I mean the the problem is the Big Ten just hasn't really had success against the SEC. Right. Like on, um, they haven't had the success on the big stage against the SEC. He see he now says Hugh Freeze Auburn. Never mind, second best. Yeah, SEC's <laughs> pretty loaded too. I mean, let's yeah. be honest. Um, but yeah, no, the Big Ten's uh, still pretty stacked with coaches. Um, I mean, Pat Fitzgerald has had some bad seasons as of late this year, not winning a single game in U S soil is not a good look, but I don't think they're going to make a change. Now the guy that may be on the hot seat next year is that uh, guy down in Bloomington, Indiana. He might need to have a, he might need to make a bowl game next year. I'm thinking, but we'll see. Yeah. We'll see. Yeah. It was by so big. I mean, and it's, you know, obviously enough of those basketball, they would do it in a heartbeat because right. they got the boosters right. to it. But you know, is someone going to do that for the football program? I, mean, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, yeah. we, we, and I, I didn't think they were going to buy him out when they did because of, it was a COVID year, you know, the whole thing about, you know, is this going to, but then nope, <laughs> nothing changed there. 
but will they do the football? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know either. It'll be interesting to keep an eye on. But I think all Big Ten coaches stay put um, going into the next. Is Mel Tucker on the hot seat next year? Paying him a lot of money. That's a lot of money, and they should have been eligible. You blow a twenty-four-seven point lead against um, Indiana. Yeah. That just can't happen. But yeah, it's a lot of money. And really, when they hired him, I'm like, what are they doing? He can recruit, but he went five and seven at Colorado. I'm like, this guy's not proven. He was a good defensive coordinator at Georgia, but yeah, um, yeah it'll be interesting. But, uh, but yeah, just looking back one more time on Purdue season has been a fun season and one I think we've all enjoyed for the most part. I mean, that is up, it's ups and downs, but. I'm going to enjoy the journey on Saturday, no matter what happens, because next year, like you said, we get a tougher schedule, even a tough non-con schedule, Fresno State at Virginia mm-hmm. Tech, who's not what they once were, but still, and then Syracuse, and you lose Aiden O'Connell, you lose Charlie Jones, you lose Jalen Graham on defense, you lose Cam Allen on defense. Um, uh, Corey Trice. Corey Trice on <laughs> defense. Um, you do get we, Devin. Still, we, still, we still have the COVID year for some of these guys. So yeah, lose Payne Durham. Who's one of yeah. Purdue's best tight ends in their history? You do get Devin Mockaby back, which I'm going to go on record saying he will leave Purdue as the best running back we've had since Mike Allstott. I really think that if he stays healthy, I think he's that good at how young he is. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the Lions played pretty good this year for the injuries they've had to sustain through. So, uh, still a lot losing to be Gus, excited about. Gus really hurt. Losing yeah. Gus really hurt. Yeah. But that's where I'm worried Saturday is just the yeah, fact that, sure. I mean, Indiana got three goal times. And they said, like, they had that, like, three sacks in the last however many games. And they had three sacks in the game on Saturday. It was like, I mean, it could have been, you know, receivers not getting open or, or right. whatever it was. Right. But, yeah, that, uh, that had me, that's got me a little worried against the athletes on the Michigan defensive oh, line. Oh, sure. But, I mean, they're ranked, I think, number two defense, if I'm not mistaken, um, overall. And their offense solid. is top ten. I mean, their offense put up a ton of points the other day on Ohio State and ran on down their throats. I don't know the star, the, the, the status of, of Blake Corum. Maybe Mr. CEO can help me there. But uh, what she says, Charlie Jones, a.k.a. White Chocolate, is a problem. Charlie is a problem for people, and I think he's really uh, – Really glad he made the jump from Iowa to Purdue because I think it's gonna help him play on Sundays next year. But yeah, um, yep, looking forward to it. Um, like I said, I think we'll see some trick plays. I think we'll see an open playbook. Okay. You just gotta let it hang out there and have fun and um, see what happens. Anything can happen. Football is different than uh, uh, MLB or NBA or things like that, where it's a best of five or best of seven, three, five or seven. It's a, mm-hmm. it's one game. So uh, we've seen upsets happen before and. Uh, Maybe, maybe it'll happen. Maybe it'll happen. What do you think we wear uniform wise? It looks like it looks like we're going to be the away team, judging by the ESPN app. It's got. I Michigan think we go lot. black helmet, white jersey, black pants. I hope so too. It's my favorite it's away combo. So. so, and I think it would be a, another unique com- combo, if I'm not mistaken. So, uh, he is hearing Mr. CEO is hearing quorums and no go should be fine. Donovan Edwards is really good. Oh, I know, I know, he's really good. I mean, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But Next man. I was man just, up. I, was just yeah. I was just curious, and McCarthy's playing really well right now. Yeah, so. he is. So, and Johnson tore up Ohio State in that first half in particular. So, they definitely hit some big plays. I didn't see them hitting on Saturday. So, we will see what happens. Purdue's going to have to win the turnover battle early and um, definitely have some luck go their way. But, uh, hey, it's sports. We'll see. Yeah, never so, um, Any other final thoughts, Webby, before you do our last sponsor read for the night? I mean, it's just what a weekend. Um, yep. I mean – I'm, I just kind of I kept thinking back to like how I don't remember what year it was. Was it '09 when we lost the bucket and then lost to Richmond in basketball the same day? It was around that time. Yeah, that was my freshman year. 
Okay, so okay, so twenty down ten. Uh, yep. Yeah. So it was just like thinking back to oh, that, and just like yeah. yeah. Thanks for that. Thanks for that. Yeah. yeah, but then like now it's just like man, it, you know, it was, it was you know, I was stoked that we beat West Virginia because then they got in the winners bracket, and then it was like okay, let's just let's see what we got against Gonzaga, you know, young team. Let's see what these young bucks can do, and then they go out and put a whooping on them. And then I was like, oh, okay, it's real play. And, and honestly, after that, I was confident going into yesterday. I was texted uh one of my dad's friends and um i said i think purdue beats duke today so and really which mr ceo said good job killing yeah. duke also As yes. I put on Instagram last night it was like when duke, when duke loses america wins <laughs> so that's one thing that i had an iu fan message me on instagram it was like it's something we can definitely both agree on is when duke loses everybody's happy but yeah, going into that game was kind of again it was house money. Was against okay, you know, it was Gonzaga was Gonzaga. It was like you know, Duke is kind of on a different level, I think, in terms of you know, recruiting. They get they basically get anybody they want. You know, what it was like every starter that they had last night was ranked in the top thirty coming out of high school, and we didn't have anybody in the top ninety. Mm-hmm. Um, and they let a six foot point guard from Westwood, Indiana, tear them up. So it was, I was getting, <laughs> I was getting pretty heated during the game. Um, I realized how much I, I didn't realize how much I disliked Duke until that game happened because we just haven't played them very often, obviously. Um, but uh, yeah, I was getting, and then like the the way the refs were calling the game and the ESPN coverage, obviously they're probably you can argue Duke and Gonzaga are probably ESPN darlings, probably the two biggest ESPN darlings. If you had, if you, I mean, you definitely you know they were pissed when Gonzaga lost to us because they wanted Duke Gonzaga so badly for that tournament, um, and the fact that we got to ruin it twice was incredible and I said I mean Painter's got Shire's number right now <laughs> yes he does yes he does it, it was weird not seeing coach K on the sidelines oh um, yeah it was yeah it's gonna take a while to get used to that but just like last year with not seeing Roy Williams on North Carolina's sidelines took a little while so yeah because they kept talking about that Kyle Filipowski I was like I know that like I remember like reading like obviously seeing his name when I you know I followed recruiting pretty closely I was like what, what was this guy ranked I went to 247 sports I was like oh he was second country <laughs> yeah cool yeah. okay yeah but yeah. yeah i mean i mean yeah shout out to the team effort i mean as bill said over and over again i think every single game we we had for us was you know we're just a there's a bunch of guys that you know aren't playing for the spotlight essentially they're just all playing to, for one thing that's to yep. win which and i, and I hate and uh, I hate the comparisons to last year. I mean, I get it. It's what you're going to do every year. You're going to compare it to the last team, especially when you had such high expectations last year and how it ended. Um, I'm not here for the Jaden Ivy slander. He's one of my probably my all-time favorite pretty player. Um, but, I mean, it is crazy how much different this team is compared to last year. And just, I mean, they're fun to watch. I mean, last year was really fun for me to watch too. Obviously, there was a lot of anxiety. I think a lot had to do also with expectations. But just seeing the guys just go out and just ball out has been – really really fun especially to see them do it against you know top tier opponents you know obviously it's one thing against um you know the marquettes or the austin peas of the world but you know the fact that don't put marquette in the same category as austin p i, I know but like it was a lesser opponent well, i know I mean, what you mean. Yeah, I know what you yeah. mean. i know what you meant not but, the blue bloods of college basketball. right yeah and the the top 10 opponents but um you know, just to see them handle the press I mean, not only like yeah. do well but like like not have an issue with it whatsoever. I mean, for the moment, I mean, they, had, they had a couple instances we were going to have that, but, yep. um, but yeah, it was it was just so much fun. Yep. Hopefully, the basketball team can keep rolling this week, and football team hopefully can shock the world. Mm-hmm. 
But uh, it's still, we still got uh, a little under three hours left on uh, Monday, on Cyber Monday today. Yeah. So if somebody's watching this online and feels like picking up some uh, new attire, where should they get that from, Bubby? Uh, you can go where I got this shirt, which is The Shop. Uh, the Shop, Rollery Bro- Crowns brought to you by The Shop. The Shop has been bringing sports and hometown apparel to fans since 2011 from their humble beginnings in garages and basements. You can find them at their two re- retail retail stores and online they make comfortable shirts it makes me happy makes you happy makes everybody happy uh the shop is located in carmel and indianapolis as well as online at the shop and if uh, they make the best shirts period super comfortable super you know they fit really well um super soft but next time you're shopping online use promo code breakdown when you check out and you get 25 percent off i'm sure they've got a great deal going on for for cyber monday they have great deals going on all the time whether it's free shipping um uh or whether it's you know Cyber Monday or just a random day, they'll just they'll give out you know nice break or nice codes, and if you use breakdown, you get twenty five percent off. Great, you know, great shirts, very affordable. And then if you're not even if you're a Purdue fan, IU fan, Butler fan, Ball State, Indiana State, or if you're a fan of none of those teams, you got the Pacers, you got the Colts. You've got really anything Indiana. Indy 500. Like, they're having a Indy big 500. Indy 500 sale. That's usually, the... yeah, they've got some great Indy 500 shirts. They've got, you know, Indiana, you know, state parks. They've got, you know, a lot of kind of retro uh, restaurants or, you know, anything that has to do with Indiana in the, the kind of throwback. It's a, they're a great store, great people. They're really fun to work with and they make great shirts. They're always coming out with new designs. So it's been really fun. Yes, sir. I'm very comfortable. Very comfortable. I second that. So. All right, Webby Wallace, uh, close this with uh, Boiler Up, Hammer Down, Beat the Seminoles, the Wolverines, and the Golden Gophers. Absolutely, Boiler Up.